Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, starting this Sunday, we are into Seattle Restaurant Week. They're doing it all over again, but this time it's a little bit different. Apparently now, instead of dining in, you also have the options of taking out and picking it up. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how this works out because, you know, I wonder if it'll make it more accessible to some folks. Um, I know that for previous restaurant weeks, I usually wouldn't go to dinners very much, but mostly lunches. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what it's going to be like. Are you going to stop by any place? I wasn't thinking about it because I am not trying to dine in a lot, mm-hmm. especially now that there is flu season and uh, we still have something going on right now. I'm trying to limit my dining in as much as I can. I was thinking about sitting it out until someone messaged me and said, oh, you can do takeout. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they can do takeout. Yep. For a second, I thought Seattle Restaurant Week was very irresponsible for <laughs> promoting <laughs> just dining only and then not realizing that they had takeout and you can order it from there. But I don't know. I guess that's my expression. I don't know. I'm looking at the menu and ordering these certain foods. Like, how is it going to be when I if I do decide to get it? How is the pasta going to be when I get it at home versus just eating it immediately? That's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I have questions like that. But it's looking through the list, it seems like there is a lot more restaurants participating in Seattle Restaurant Week, which is good. There's a lot of different restaurants participating in Restaurant Week. And so, as you know, Seattle Restaurant Week and Dine Around Seattle combined a couple of years ago. Uh, for me, I always go a couple of times and definitely, you know, look over menus and pick some places to go. Um, but I think definitely years ago, I was more big on going. But now that they're takeout, I was looking at, for example, Kokaku's menu, you know, their three course meal. Kokaku is one of my favorites uh, to get steak. And who knows? I might swing by. It kind of depends. Like you, it's not so much the going out for me. It's that uh, the weather's changing. And so I'm cooking more comfort foods at home, staying nearer to home, uh, but definitely still doing takeout. Mm -hmm. Any other restaurants that kind of looked appealing to you? Uh, I haven't had time to go through the whole list, but I have heard of some places that I haven't heard before that are doing restaurant week. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a good once over. I've spent most of the day today in the kitchen uh, doing some recipe development and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was looking through and some of the places there's, there's a couple, I think uh, I was looking at dumpling the noodle. That's Mm -hmm. a, it's a pretty popular one, but it seemed like they gave a, their menu they were showing the menu and it seemed like there was a lot of choices on that one as well as our favorite mkt i think that's still one of our favorites that we mm-hmm. looked at kisaku in green lake is also a place i've always had bookmarked years ago in green lake and mm-hmm. just because i wanted to try out their sushi and then wilmot's ghost out in the amazon spheres oh. i've heard their pizza their pepperoni pizza is really good and i looked at the menu and They had it on the menu for their lunch menu. So I might check that out too. So those are some of the ones that I kind of bookmarked if I decide that I want to do some Seattle Restaurant Week this week. Definitely. What I think is great is usually Restaurant Week is only two weeks and it goes all the way. It's like a month. I think it ends November 21st or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's a long time period to cover. So that's kind of Yeah. So it's like a two week period. Okay. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. This is the Seattle Foodie Podcast, episode 111. Hi, Monica. How's everything going? I don't think I saw you this whole week. 
No, we were supposed to see each other, but I was sick for a couple of days, so mm-hmm. uh, I canceled. I ended up canceling like three things, so um, I feel a little bit better now. But um, I'm okay. Uh, yeah, a little cold, a little rainy, a little bit of fall. How you doing? Uh, the weekend was pretty good. It didn't rain all weekend, so mm-hmm. I got in some golfing, so that was nice with some buddies. And I know you came by my nice. house. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> But uh, we do have several recaps because even though we didn't get to see each other, we got several things delivered to us that we'll have to talk about and let our audience know. I'll start off with the, our a visit to Soy in Kirkland because you went there last week and I went there this week. I want to tell people about it. Oh, yeah. I want you to tell people about it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so like I mentioned I got a chance to check out and have lunch at Soy located in the Kirkland Urban. Man, that place is just booming. It's mm. totally different from what it was when I was a kid, that Kirkland Urban area. The restaurant at Soy looks bigger than the one in Capitol Hill. And I love the extension patio that you were seated in last week, Monica. Mm. It didn't feel quite indoors, but it wasn't outdoors either. I was talking to someone <laughs> on Instagram and they asked me I was like is it outdoor seating and I'm like I it's not really outdoors but it's not indoors either because they have <laughs> heaters there's so much natural lighting and it's I don't, I don't know how how would you describe that patio for me I think I just dis- describe it as a covered patio and mm-hmm. you know in Hawaii like my grandpa used to have a covered patio it was an extension on the house and it was a yep. different type of feel. And, and so I'd say that where uh, it's mostly windows, definitely outdoor furniture. So just picture an outdoor patio that's enclosed for the weather, because after all, we live in the Northwest and it rains and stuff here. <laughs> yeah. It was really hard to describe to that to the person I was interacting with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is it outdoor seating? I was like, it's not really, but there's it's not insulated either. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit different, but anyways, moving on, we got the peak. I Todd jumbo chicken wings. We, I ordered also ordered the, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this, the pod pepla, which is the basa fish in the red curry paste. And then my friend also got the cow pod Tom yum with tiger prawns, mm. which was very good. Monica, I, we didn't get a chance to talk to you last week about what you ordered. What did you, what are some highlights that you got? I had to have cow soy because that was just when it was starting to get a little bit cold. And so that's one of my favorite dishes from soy, hands down. I also got some muping. So that's like pork skewers. And they were really well done. You know me, I'm a big fan of basically any food on a stick. So that was pretty fantastic. And then we also (laughs) got some spicy curried prawns. And that was really well done as well. And so it had a really nice sauce to it. And the prawns were cooked really well. And overall, you know, I just, I love eating it. So in fact, I love it so much. I, I ordered food to go as well to bring home for dinner that night. So I don't get that. Yeah, I saw that too in your stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I like them a lot. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Chef Yui for opening another soy location. Don't forget to check out our interview on episode 62. Monica, we got a bunch of stuff delivered to us. So why don't you tell us what we got delivered during the beginning of the week? Well, let me just start off this way. You and I are familiar (laughs) with Coro by Salumi and definitely Salumi. I mean, I kind of miss the old location, but they have a location that's fairly close to where it used to be. They have a new holiday four pack. And so Mm. you can find flavors like lemongrass, peppercorn, 
Finociona. <laughs> I'm going to put you that one and a groomy. And so Nelson, we received uh, some, some to sample and I'm a big fan of food gifts for the holidays, but this is also something that you can just pick up for game day, like a make, put together a charcuterie board just for you and your family, or just a weekday snack to have around. It keeps really well. And I love the peppercorn one since it's, it's, it's a really nice contrast to milder cheeses. And, and so what are you liking so far, Nelson? I had the lemongrass. That was the mm-hmm. one I really, really was intrigued about mm-hmm. because I've never seen Salumi do a lemongrass before. Right. I've been to Salumi at, at the old location and the new location. Mm-hmm. And my favorite has always been the mole. That's always my yeah. favorite. And then also the classic Salumi. But I had no idea when I opened it. I was like, oh, lemongrass. That's new. And I have had the, <laughs> I just, I say it finocchiona. But that, I, okay. I could be pronouncing it wrong, too, because I've never taken Italian before. Uh, kudos to you, Monica, for attempting it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm... I agree. I'm a big fan. And I like looking for it. It's, it's, I found it in specialty grocery stores, which is great. It's, it's great for holidays. And like you said, I think it's great for game days if you just want to mm-hmm. just like, I, I don't know what to bring. It's like, great. Buy some cheeses and buy some cordo salumi and chop it up and make a beautiful charcuterie board and then take a picture of it <laughs> and take a picture of it. Don't, don't need it guys. Just take a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I was at central market and so that's one of the places that sells it. I, I saw it on the shelf. And as we know, our friends made in Washington sell it as well. So pretty easy to find pretty accessible, even online. So consider that for a holiday food gift guys. And then Monica, for me, let's talk about another delivery. <laughs> How many times have I told you you have to eat your vegetables, Monica? I feel like you say so it every important week. I feel like you say it every week. <laughs> I don't want to be that dad that always tells you to eat your vegetables, but it seems like I always do. Right. <laughs> yes, definitely. Just about every week. So seeing as I have to eat vegetables. We, yeah, and this week is perfect. We got a delivery from Mom's Micro Garden, and they're out in Bonnie Lake, but they're perfect to add some greens to your food and dishes. They sent us the Mom's Mix, which consisted of pea, kohlrabi, amaranth, broccoli, kale, mustard, and radish. And like I said, it's harvested out of Bonnie Lake, and you can get Mom's Micro Garden delivery year-round. They'll deliver during the winter time too, even though it won't be – even though normally – vegetables won't be growing around this time (laughs) (laughs) definitely and i like getting the mix because i like the different taste to every green and so Mm -hmm. i appreciate that and the colors and the textures um you know i made some avocado toast this morning and put some on there so beautiful and so flavorful i was thinking about making avocado toast too you (laughs) took my idea no (laughs) (laughs) avocado toast is life (laughs) Yes, but we got a delivery of bread too which is which made it helpful for us to like oh let's make some avocado toast this is convenient i have lots of bread to use i am going to do something and might as well add a little bit of mom's micro garden to there we did we did we did so um speaking of bread so last week nelson we talked about the friends uh spirit friends bread spirit of giving campaign that kicked off on friday and it's its ninth year and so as a recap guys friends will be awarding 500 dollars to 100 families or individuals this year and the friends bakery foundation will be donating 2500 dollars to 25 
certified 501c3 nonprofits this season. And so check out last week's episode for more info or just go to friendsspiritofgiving.com for more information and to nominate someone. So get into the bread, Nelson. <laughs> yes, let's get into the bread. the bread. So the bread, oh my gosh. So full of holiday goodies, like some seasonal stuff and breads that we love. I have to say that Cole is a fan of the naked bread and we fight over that one every single time. It's just organic white bread. And the sourdough, oh, sourdough too. That always goes really quickly in my house. Really great texture and a nice sour punch. And nine grain, let's face it, along with vegetables, we got to get some grains in our lives to feel a little bit healthier during the week so we can eat donuts and cookies on the weekend. And <laughs> Nelson, what are you loving so far? I am loving that you got the same types of breads that I got and I didn't get I didn't get shafted. <laughs> and, wow. And you got like donuts and bagels and everything else. I, I love it that you got the same thing that I did, which I love. <laughs> I didn't want to get, I didn't want to have any FOMO. That's what right, I didn't want. Right. This time I just decided not to shoot those things. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Nelson. <laughs> As you're listening to them off, it's like, yes, I got that check. I got that check. Yeah, I got that one too, check. Yes. All right. This is good. Oh, is Nelson. Good. I can't believe you went there. <laughs> This is good. I'm glad you didn't get animal cookies this time because I didn't get animal cookies either. But I did get the holiday cookie gingerbread boys, which are right. <laughs> I love right. those. Okay. Well, I'm glad it makes you feel good that we got the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like the classic white, the naked bread too. That mm. was really good. I, they are very thick, so they're perfect for French toast. I, mm -hmm. I'm I'm guessing. And I also got the Seattle sourdough waterfront sourdough bread, which was one of your favorites last time too. And I'm glad yeah. I got that. The pumpkin spice donuts because I'm a huge old fashioned donut guy. Yeah, and I love those. Those are my those are my favorite. I'm all I'm almost already out of the naked classic white because oh, yeah. I've been making so a lot addicting. of sandwiches. It's so yeah. addicting. You're a sandwich guy too. <laughs> I almost made two sandwiches and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to run out of bread. I don't want to run out of this bread yet. I'll, I'm going to savor it for like maybe one more, two more days. Cause I was like, oh man, it's almost gone. Yes. I was reminiscing about my last delivery and just smiling to myself. <laughs> okay. All right, Nelson, we didn't see each other, but what have we been eating this week? Yeah, so this week it was we didn't see each other, but we, it seemed like we did a lot of eating, and mm -hmm. it started out for me heading out to South Lake Union and the Amazon Doppler. I checked out the Regrade Streeteries down there. It's really neat, Monica. There's three locations around that area, and it's open to the public from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for people to enjoy outdoor bistro seating. It's, I just like it because there's just so much outdoor space, and of course, heaters. Heaters are so important during mm -hmm. this time. The spaces are made available by Amazon. It's good to see outdoor spaces with heaters as we move in the cold fall and winter days it's just perfect i checked out marination and casco antiguo out there with elitis and we had to get some aloha tots spam sliders and also monica if you go to casco antiguo i highly recommend the house special enchiladas mm -hmm. it is just sauced perfectly lots of meat it's perfect I loved sauced foods. So that's my thing now. That's my thing yeah. for the fall, getting sauced. <laughs> On Wednesday, I got a special delivery from Trophy Cupcakes. Right now, they have pumpkin pie cupcakes available at all their stores for pickup and delivery. I'm in love with that frosting on top of those pumpkin pie cupcakes, Monica. Mm -hmm. It's just perfect for the fall. So mm -hmm. if you guys want to pick up some cupcakes for Trophy, make sure you add a couple pumpkin pie cupcakes to your order. They deliver as well as they you can pick up at all the locations as well. Mm -hmm. What kind of frosting is it? 
I think it's like a type of cheesecake frosting. Okay. Because it always like goes a cream well. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah, like a cream yeah. cheese cheesecake. That's what it kind of felt cool. like. I, I liked it because as you bite into it, you know, a lot of people these days are may, may not be pumpkin pie fans, mm-hmm. but people have been doing a hybrid of a pumpkin pie cheesecake, and that's kind of what it tasted like for me with, with the cupcakes. That's what I like. Thursday, I was out in Hillman City for the Ramen Ramen pop up. They're out there this weekend and they'll be open from Tuesday to Sunday serving up ramen as well as other items like gyozas and wings. For me, popular ramens, they included the crab truffle, brisket, and pork belly ramens. Those are probably the three popular ones that a lot of us all ordered. I also highly, highly recommend the spicy miso broth with your ramen if you guys decide to go out to Ramen Ramen and check them out. And then afterwards, went to Coffee Holic, got their new Ube Purple Haze drink that they named. Mm-hmm. Coffee Holic was just recently broken into, and whoever broke in took all of the tips from the Coffee Holic stand. So if you guys go out and support them, make sure you add an extra tip to them just to help them out. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I joined some more friends at Venison Pho and Grill out in Sammamish. Got some awesome Vietnamese food, and they have a beer wall, Monica. Yes, I said beer wall and wine too. There's also wine for everybody that doesn't like beer. It's very cool. You use a key to access it. You touch screen, whatever you want, and you can try all different types of beers available for 16 ounces. So you don't have to do just one full pour of one certain beer. You can do half and half. You can drink one. And if you want to try a different one, you can do that too as well. Think of it as a Slurpee for adults. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want me out there. I can drink a lot of beer. I'm just saying. (laughs) Sounds cool. Yeah, Venison also had Keto Noodles and Beyond Meatball Pho for all you healthy alternatives. That's pretty good, too. And then on Saturday, we talked, you mentioned this earlier. Mm-hmm. I won at golf with my friends because I win at everything, Monica. Everybody knows that I'm a huge winner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> but we, are, we always seem to always bet, and our wager is lunch. So oh, okay. whoever has the lowest score in golf, We'll get the free lunch. And cool. my friends just started as beginners. And this is not my idea. I've been playing I've been playing golf for about 20 plus years now. So mm-hmm. it's uh, so I'm like, okay, if you guys want to bet for lunch, we can we can do that. So <laughs> so of course I won. And I was in their neck of the woods, Monica, for victory lunch at Mekong Village, and I had a nice hot bowl of bun ru, which was uh yeah, very satisfying on after a cold day of golfing. Yeah. So do you get the free lunch and you get to pick where you're going to eat or do you guys decide where you're going to eat ahead of time? No, no. I We usually decide after when we add up the scores, but we mm-hmm. kind of just decided as a collective, more mm-hmm. of a mutual collective type of decision. But of course, obviously, I'm the foodie in the group, so I have a little obviously. bit of leeway, but <laughs> our friends wanted pho. Yeah. And since we were close by, because we were playing at Jackson Park Golf Course, which mm-hmm. is near, which is like about one exit away from where you live. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking it up and Mekong Village came up and our friends have eaten there before and it's near Holler Lake. It was perfect match. I've never been there before. Monica, have you been to Mekong Village? Yeah. I don't know what the menu is like now, but they had an expansive menu before, um, like a, like a big menu. And mm-hmm. actually, Nelson, next time you go there, you should try some of the desserts. They have someone really good making desserts back there. I just got to oh, say. Oh, okay. Like, like house-made yeah. ice creams, all that kind of stuff. 
everybody else just ordered pho. But I was like, mm-hmm. I had pho when I went to Venison, so I didn't want pho. But I was looking through the specials, like, oh, they have bun roux. And I was like, mm-hmm. do that. And it was only eleven ninety five, which is a steal. A deal, guys. <laughs> deal. Like, deal. Right, I got to get this. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't paid twelve dollars for Bun Ruin for so long. It's just been a while. I'm just I was very giddy. What about that? Yeah. <laughs> Glad you got the deal. Gonna write a good Yelp review and tell them how much of a value that is. Oh, that's, that's, that's very yeah. sweet of you. Businesses need those reviews, Nelson. Good for uh-huh. you. All right, Monica. So how about you? What have you been eating? Um, because I was sick, I've been doing a little more home cooking because I haven't left the house in it for those two days. So I've been making, let's see, short ribs and Cole made chocolate chip cookies and I cooked chili. Guys, Cole is taking a baking class and he made some awesome cookies. <laughs> and my only regret is because it's for school, they have like small recipes. So it was only for six cookies. And granted, they were kind of big cookies, but still, he did a great job though. So, I mean, I had to just be at home to supervise since he's not at, in actual school right now, but still a lot of fun. And so I think it's something we're going to be doing every week. And I love seeing him learn and grow a lot more as a baker. So it's pretty awesome. I think that's awesome. They do it for the high school. It's a high yeah. school cooking class. Just uh-huh. just for maybe just one one class, or did yeah. they do, or or is it a whole semester that you're, he calls like cooking for a whole semester of different? Maybe for a whole semester, like he he got his food handlers card. So guys, wow, uh, look I, it I, out. Know, <laughs> I know, I know, a lot of like businesses. There's a couple of businesses that have been trying to get Cole to work for them for like a couple of years. So guys, he has his food handlers card now. It's good for two years. So oh my. <laughs> it's on. It's on. <laughs> It's just cold isn't like interacting with the public, but he really mm-hmm. enjoys uh, baking because it's science and art. And I've always said yeah. that. So, yeah. Great. So it's pretty cool. And so, Nelson, this created like such a stir in my stories. Have you ever eaten chili with rice and mayo? I've had chili with rice before, but not mayo. I, I don't think <laughs> I, I've never had it. It's not a Seattle thing. Is no. this a Hawaiian thing? It's is, a this Hawaiian an, thing. is this anything? Okay. So it's a Hawaii thing, but then someone from another island messaged me and they didn't know what it was either. I'm just like, okay, well, maybe it's a big island thing. All I knew is I grew up all my life eating chili rice and mayo, and I never really thought anything of it. So I posted it to my stories and I tell you, like people were like messaging me going, what is this? Or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it was really interesting. But um, yeah, that's just the way we did it. That's the way we made it when I worked at the local Dairy Queen. Um, every place that I went to on the Big Island ordered chili, they would always offer that. And someone was telling me that uh, that's part of like Zippy's secret recipe. Zippy's is a big chain in Hawaii. But uh, when I go to Zippy's, I never really eat the chili there, so I wouldn't know. But yeah, so maybe this is a Monica thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've so. never heard anyone, but it makes sense because people mm-hmm. put sour cream on theirs. Right. Mayo right. could be an alternative, a, a tangier alternative. I, I don't know, yeah. but yeah, it, it works. I've, I've seen mayo used on other, so many other things. So oh, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I wouldn't pass it on that. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Uh, I felt a little bit better on Friday so I could spend the girl with our friend, friend of the podcast, Annie Eats Food. It was really like the coldest day so far this fall. And so we went to Mike's Noodle House for some nudes mm. because nothing beats it. It was, it was tough because I wanted to order kanji, but I'm just like, I need these nudes. And so uh, we went there. And of course, you know how it is with Annie. Like, we're not just going to go to lunch. We're going to do <laughs> it. We're going to do it. 
and I can keep up with her. So, you know, I'm good. So we stopped by Susu Dessert Bar for some chocolate and durian patachou. And of course, TPT is just on the same block as Susu. That's one of Annie's favorites. So we went there as well. But we didn't stop there. We decided to go to U Village because we like U Village a lot. And we stopped by Bamboo Sushi. And they recently reopened for takeout. And I've been craving sushi. So it's really cool. And they're going to be participating in Seattle Restaurant Week, which starts today and runs to November 21st. Finally, we couldn't leave you village without stopping by Frankie and Joe's first scoop. And so that was delicious little treat. Oh, so many good things. I miss hanging out with Annie. I haven't hung out with her in like two weeks. It's been for so long, but really? Yeah. Wow. You can't handle it though. <laughs> All the eating. <laughs> I, I really can't sometimes. <laughs> you can't. You really can't. I can. I can keep up with her. <laughs> Is it weird to go to Mike's Noodle House and order one ton mean? With brisket, I always that's always the signature mm-hmm. thing I get, and a bowl of kanji. No, I think that's okay. I would I would have also ordered the kanji had I had I not been with Annie because I knew mm-hmm. that we would end up at other places. If I just thought that's all we were doing, I would have ordered both because really it was it was cold that day. Like it was cold. Like I didn't wear enough clothes that day. So no, I don't think it's weird at all. I've done this a couple years before. Actually, I haven't done it. My friend did this once. And the server's face on my my friend said, <laughs> I want the kanji and the one ton with brisket mean. And they were like, huh? You want both? Like, <laughs> and you want the donuts? <laughs> and you want the donuts? And you want the gylon? I was just like. What else do you want? <laughs> I know. It's just like. This is not the sum. <laughs> Is this for four people? Like, They're no, all looking for, around. Just, Do you have friends just coming? for one. It's one of those like, I'll have all that. And like, what would you like? <laughs> this type of thing. I was just wondering. It, was just, it sounds good right now to have both kanji and Doesn't it? Yeah. I'm thinking about making kanji. And I don't like to make it because I have to say I, I'm not the best at it. But this might be the, the year that I perfect it just because I, I've been craving it so much. All right. All right. So. <laughs> Speaking of comfort foods, last week we talked about me running to Algo Verde for Pozzoli. It's near mm-hmm. the top of my list for sure. And and I decided to dine in and sample some of their fall dishes. And I'm a meat eater, but I got to tell you guys, my favorite taco was the campesino with kabucha and butternut squash. And so there's no meat in it. There's like pepitas, queso fresco, salsa matcha, and kale. And they fried the kale so crispy. Nelson, I almost felt like when I bit it, I thought it was like a taco shell. And I was like, oh, that's the kale. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a vegetable. In fact, those are all <laughs> vegetables and nuts and stuff. Nelson, yeah. there was no meat in there. <laughs> How so, come nobody has developed a kale taco shell yet? Right. 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 I yeah. Don't know. I don't know, because there's different kinds of kale, too. So I think that there is like a really sturdy one that could hold up. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, well, I'll have to research it a little bit more. But then yeah. that would require me eating more vegetables. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's see. There was another one that was good. It was uh, the boniato, And that one has sweet yams. And if you haven't had sweet yams in a taco, you are doing it wrong. It was so delicious. I can't believe that my favorite dishes were non-meat dishes. Mm. So good. Nelson, you haven't been to Agua Verde in a while, but just on the side of it, they've finished the park that they were building. And so it's all finished. And it is a great place to grab your food and go eat lunch by the water. So pretty awesome. Yeah, awesome. Especially for these nice clear days in the fall. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. And then uh, just to mention places that I've eaten that we've talked about before, I had to go to Tutabella. 
stop by for my kiddo because he loves their pizza sugar and spoon so guys i don't know if you know you can actually freeze sugar and spoon pints for two months so i stock up on my favorite flavors and i keep them in my freezer and then i bring them out and eat them which is what i did this week so yum. that's a good eats that's good Well, we got an interview today, Monica, and uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. We recently are big fans of this restaurant. Our interview today is with Chef Trin Nguyen, one of the owners and chefs of Basa Restaurant out in Bainbridge Island. Basa just recently celebrated their one-year anniversary back in September of opening, and we are absolutely in love with this restaurant. It's worth the ferry ride over from Bainbridge. Here's our interview with Chef Trin Nguyen. Hello, everyone. Today we have on our show Trinwen, one of the owners and chefs of Bassa Restaurant in Bainbridge Island. Bassa just recently celebrated their one-year anniversary last month. Trin, welcome to the show. Hi, Nelson. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is such a pleasure. And for those that didn't know, Monica and I recently visited Bassa. We loved your food, <laughs> and uh, oh, we you. talked about yeah. it on your show on our last show, and yeah. we said this might be one of the best Vietnamese restaurants in the greater Seattle area. It was so delicious. Thank you. It was so wonderful. Before we talk about Bassa, I just wanted to ask you, how did you and your brother, Ty, get started as chefs? So for me, I I can't speak for Ty. I know a little Mm -hmm. bit about Ty, but for me particularly, you know, if I go back and look at my journey as a chef, like I don't think like I ever grew up and says, you know, I'm going to grow up when I'm old, I'm going to become a chef, right? I've always really, really enjoyed cooking. Uh, One of the things that really brings me pleasure is coming up with new dishes or being able to recreate some dishes or learning new dishes and just cooking it for my loved one. And then seeing Mm -hmm. the pleasure in their face when they're able to enjoy it. And they're like, oh my God, this takes me back to memory. You know, my mom used to make this, my grandma used to make this, or, you know, I remember eating it on the street of Saigon or or whatever, right? And that's Mm -hmm. For me, it's like the, the great greatest reward for me as a chef. I don't consider myself one. I, I just love to cook, really. And then for Ty, I think he grew up in the U.S. He came here when he was six. So he did everything he could to stay away from the restaurant as much as he can because uh-huh. he was, I think, 12 when my parent opened our first restaurant with me. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, I don't want to be that typical Asian kid that grew up in a restaurant is going to, when he grows up, he's going to take over the restaurants and just get stuck in that industry, right? Right. He wanted to go out and kind of explore and do whatever. But what he learned is the more he steer himself away from it, the more it pulls him back, the more that he finds that everything in his life is surrounded by food. And so he's Mm -hmm. like, it's a no brainer. So he went towards culinary school and did the whole shebang and here we are. I love it. I love how contrasting your guys' two lives and then all of a sudden they both conglomerate together and created Bassa. Can you tell us a little bit about Bassa and how it originated? Yeah, so I opened our parents' first restaurant as a fall restaurant, it's like the mm-hmm. American dream for them. They opened that up, you know, just doing really simple food. It was just like a way for us to pay our bills and take care of our family. And when Ty went to culinary school and he come back and he's like, I want to do all these things. I want to do all the things that I've learned. And with our first restaurant, every time when we're trying to do something different, people are like, 
you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. Don't change it. Keep the menu the same, you know, because <laughs> we've had it for so long. And so people are like, I don't like you. Don't change it. Mom's food is great. And no matter what we do, it was just, it never looked at it as like, hey, you know, it was really creative. Or it was really good. And this is none, none of that. They're just like, we love mom and we love mom's cooking. It's, you know, <laughs> it's that perspective of like coming in and having that older Asian mom who's cooking in the back and pouring all of her love into the food. That's what they see. That's what they know. And they don't want us to be a part of anything in it. When my mom and dad retired, you know, we had to take over the, the first business. And then we try to do the best that we can, but people still weren't as open to the fact of, you know, we were trying to recreate or like trying to do new dishes. And so that's kind of where Basa was originated, where we're like, okay, you know what, if that's the case, this restaurant's great, let's open another one. But, you know, our parents are such a big factor in our life and we want to tribute everything that we know today and we're doing in the future to them. And so Ty and I sit around and we said, what are the one thing that mom and dad used to make for us that was so memorable? That was the thing that speaks out to us every time we eat it and every time we cook it. And so it's a, the braised catfish and the sour soup. So and which is my mm -hmm. mom and dad, whenever we make that, we sit around and eat dinner and it always bring us together. For Ty and I, regardless of our journey for food, it's always been what it is that, why do we want to cook? It's always because we want to bring people together we love seeing people enjoying the food. We love seeing people just getting together for food. We yeah. love food. So it was a no-brainer for us to kind of come up with that idea. And But then we're like, we want it to be mysterious enough to where we can create whatever we want and do whatever we want and just focus on the food rather than who we are or who's cooking and et cetera. And Gabasa has always been like a really profound fish in the Mekong rivers in Vietnam. And so we're like, hey, you know, I don't think anybody knows that. And I don't think like even Vietnamese people would think like Basa is the, the fish that, you know, is uh, that we, we would create, you know, Gakoto out of. And so anyway, so we name it after a fish, <laughs> but really <laughs> after, you know, a dish that mom used to make all the time. Yeah. It's been one year. Can you tell us some of the dishes for our listeners that have never visited your restaurant just tell us some of your signature dishes yeah so we definitely had to have right and i did um i brought the clay pot from vietnam and we did the whole experience with bringing the gakotho out with the basa fish or the catfish you know in steaks and then like deboning it in front of them but like and and really introducing that to the clients as like one of our traditional dish and and so the braised catfish is one a lot of the dishes that we created you know and we're like you know what this is would be really fun or this would be really great to share some of the dishes we never ever thought we were going to do really really well and then we end up doing so well and then it ended up being <laughs> like staple dish like um what did we do? We did the, the butter beef. So brown butter beef with garlic fried rice um, has been one of like the most talk about dish. So what we do is we do a boneless heavy beef marinade, and then we serve it with garlic fried rice and then a cilantro, uh, green onion and ginger pesto, right? Mm, yeah. never, never really thought it was going to take off. It was just something we're like, oh, this is really good. And let's try this and that. And it ended up being like the, the talk of the town because our beef is local beef from Moses Lake and we, we marinated it really well and it's boneless so it's like eating the best piece of cow beef boneless <laughs> with some 
bomb garlic fried rice, right? (laughs) And then I got chili prawn noodles, one of our top seller right now. During COVID, Ty and I was just scrambling for stuff that we have in our fridge and just created something. And the salt and pepper prawns has always been something my aunt makes for us. It was really good. It was something we snack on all the time. And then we were doing a ramen pop-up before that. We had some extra ramen noodles left. We cooked some ramen noodles, seasoned it kind of like like how you would do the miko ring. And then we put the salt and pepper shrimp tempura on top. And then we put some chili oil on top. And then we're like, this is bomb, right? So (laughs) she totally put it on the menu. So I Instagrammed it and then see how people respond and people were over the moon and then it's just one people order it and then everybody order it and it was just like you know everyone keep talking about it it was just like some of the most simplest dish that we've never put any energy into we were just throwing stuff in making it and it's to me I think with COVID one year we've learned we definitely learned a lot you open the restaurant you have a vision of what the restaurant's going to be and then you open it, you're like, nope, that's not going to work. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You pivot and you're like, you know what? Yeah. Learn from that. And then, you know, we try something different. We took away a few and then a few of the stuff were like, that's not going to work either. We pivot again. And so for us, it's a pretty tough position to be six months in, COVID happened. But we've also learned that we can be resilient through all of this, that we will make it. The fact that we're able to pivot left and right and just work with what the customers are, are saying, work with our heart. At the end of the day, do what it is that you really, really enjoy. But at the same time, you do it because you want people to enjoy your food and stick with that. And I think that we can move forward. I think it's just so unique because you have that dichotomy of traditional Vietnamese and then you have the modern and you guys bring it all together And I think that's what makes your restaurant so good. (laughs) Speaking of this current pandemic right now, and you kind of touched a little bit about it, what kind of changes have you made over the last couple months? I love it that your restaurant is on the corner. So that way you are able to do the outdoor seating on the corner, on the side of your restaurant, because I'm driving through (laughs) Bainbridge and then through that city center, I'm looking and it's like, they're really tucked together. Like they're right next to each other. And then you guys are on the corner and uh, it makes it very convenient for you guys to have outdoor seating. It is. So our patio saved us during COVID. Mm -hmm. If if it wasn't for the patio, I don't think we would have made it today. We're thankful for that. When we opened the restaurant, you know, there's a lot of ingredients that we, because of our locations, because of our concept, we were able to utilize a lot of ingredients that a lot of like small mom and pops won't do. Like we would be able Mm -hmm. to do like scallop, tomahawk, pork chops, steaks, dry aged steaks, uni, clams. Like we would be able to play with all different ingredients. And and it was like our dream, right? To say, you know what, we're just going to cook and no, there's no limitations whatsoever. And one of the things that we have to change a lot and really have to shift during COVID is utilizing and cross utilizing ingredients and making sure that it is affordable, it is thoughtful, you know, everything that we do is very intentional, because we got to understand, everybody's in a really tough positions, right? So we're not going to go out and says, I'm going to have crab today, I'm going to have steak the next day, none of mm-hmm. that is, is essential. So we said, you know, what can we do to really utilize our creativity, but at the same time, being able to really make these really comforting dish and provide meals and you know, food 
food for the community without breaking anyone's bank. And I think Mm -hmm. as long as we're able to do that, then when there's a future, you know, you can do everything that you want. So I think right now we're just thinking about essential and really supporting the community that supports us. So try to be as creative as we can, you know, within everything that we do. I think I can't make it through this COVID without my patio, but the most important (laughs) part is I can't make it through without my team. I only have a few crew, you know, core team members that are still with me, but they are the one that makes it. They're the one that carries us all the way through. If it wasn't for them and everybody pitching in and doing their part, like we wouldn't even be here today. Yeah. Let's talk about some of your new dishes. I mean, the Cajun catfish banh mi was (laughs) probably one of the most amazing banh mi's. And I think Monica said that too. It was probably one of the best banh mi's we've had in quite a long time. And uh, (laughs) you also just came out with three versions of your game day wings too, which is perfect for the Husky season coming up and as well as the Seahawks season. What other things have, are you thinking about creating in the upcoming future for the rest of the year or just in the near future for BASA? Right now we're transitioning from fall to winter. So a lot of our dishes are going to start to shift to more heavier, heartier and comforting dishes. So catfish by me, I definitely think we did it last year. I definitely think we did a lot better this year. You know, I feel like we're, we're fine tuning a lot of different things, you know, finding our footprint and being able to dial in a lot of things. And so I, I definitely tell you that you have a much better version of our catfish you know, <laughs> than our first original, but we, we keep growing and we keep challenging ourselves to the next level. And then the wings, we're actually only doing it on Sunday right now, uh, mm-hmm. kind of trying it out and see how that goes. So we have the ghosts buffalo wings, which is really, really spicy. And then we have our tamarind wings, and then we have our soy glaze wing. That went, we sold out on Sunday, the last Sunday that we did, you know, so I hope that it continue. I hope that it just brings joy to people, be able to watch their game, having a little normalities in their lives with everything that's going on. And then, you know, we're, we're gonna start pivoting a lot to all of the fall menu, but we're not just doing that in food, we're doing that in cocktails, we're doing that in wines. Uh, So I've just sampled some really yummy shiso liqueur the other day and so mm-hmm. we're going to come up with like a shiso liqueur asian inspired cocktail that's to to come up yeah so i mean i'm thinking curry i'm thinking stew i'm thinking <laughs> just talking to my purveyor yesterday and he's like i have rabbit liver if you ever want to do a, a rabbit you know pate oh, wow. I'm like, oh my god yes yeah. so yeah. just i mean i think that as long as things are going back in the, the right direction we're so inspired and, and passionate to just keep moving forward and keep creating new dishes and not even just creating new dishes just bringing like old dishes back one other thing that difference me from Thai is I'm really biased when it comes to Vietnamese food I mm-hmm. love Vietnamese food I think it's the best and so my goal is to re- to introduce a lot more Vietnamese dishes that are not mainstream yet you know yeah. such as like mi quang and uh, bún riu and you know pho pho but like with like duck or nhang or there's just a lot of dishes that I feel like we're missing out on that we're not doing ourselves a favor by not introducing that to the, the public so mm-hmm. That's my goal. Hmm. I love it. This is why you guys are so good because all we do reintroducing and or, and also bringing out new stuff. All thank right, you. Trin, thank you so much for coming on. It's been wonderful. I have one last question. We always ask, where can we find Basa on social media? On Instagram, it's going to be BASA Restaurant is where you can find us. And please follow us if if you like what we have to say. If you like what we do, you know, follow us so you can get all the new updates. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
And that was our interview with Chef Trinwen of Bassa Restaurant. Monica, <laughs> I'm I'm already thinking about going back to Bainbridge Island. I know. Just, just to eat there. <laughs> I know. You know, the food is so good. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to eat at restaurants where, you know, I like some of the dishes and not a big fan of others or others are just okay. But when I come out of a place and just like every single dish was good, like that's a place I want to be again. And and so just like you, Nelson, I can't wait to go back. And it's it's so delicious. And Trin is so nice and funny. I love the concepts, the new different concepts and dishes that they're always creating and pushing out. It's just not the same thing. There are like staples of things that they do, but there are also other things that they're getting different things from their purveyors, as she mentioned during the interview. And she's like, oh, it's like we have rabbit liver. Do you want to do rabbit liver? It's like, yes, I want to make pate. I mean, she's doing things that and she's posting them on Instagram. It's like, we have this special for the week. And it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I wish I could go and get that stuff because they are always creating these new dishes. And a lot of times these new dishes, like, okay, we'll just have it for the week. And people around Bainbridge Island just fall in love with it and wish they had it as a, a normal dish on the menu. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. I get bored with menus. And so it's not that, you know, places don't have decent menus around. It's just I get bored. I love a good special, even if I don't see it again for a year. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's still worth it for me. So good. So good. All right, Monica. Well, that's pretty much what we got for this week. You got anything coming up? I, I think. Are we seeing each other? I don't. No, I don't we are. think so. I don't think I have a lot on the calendar. I think uh, it's Halloween week. And so I think a lot of people are doing whatever they're going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. We talked about this last show. You're, you're not trick or treating or you're not handing out candy for your neighborhood, are you? I, I might trick or treat. <laughs> See what I get. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Um, I did buy a bag of candy. And last night I decided to open it because we're not going to give out candy. So, no, we're just going to eat all the candy and there's no candy corn. In the oh, house. I'm I'm already out of that Costco candy bag that I usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, no, no Halloween stuff for us. Yeah. Been eating way too many Twix and Snickers and mm-hmm. Kit Kats. I love Twix. Mm hmm. And then my nieces get really mad because I eat the peanut M&Ms too. <laughs> I don't like the chocolate M&Ms. They give me the chocolate and the peanut M&Ms, but I don't like, I don't like the peanut M&Ms. And then they go and look for the candy. I was just like, Uncle Nelson, it's all York peppermint patties. What, what happened to all the ones? And then you say, hey guys, when you get a job and you can buy the candy, right. you can decide what to buy and who gets to eat what. That's you guys, how it works. <laughs> you guys buy your own bag of chocolate. Right? That's how it works. That's how it works. I'm sorry. Are you complaining about the candy that I'm giving you full free? Yeah. (laughs) You tell him, Nelson. Yeah. There's plenty. What are you talking about? There's plenty of York peppermint patties. I don't understand why it's like you're complaining that there's no chocolate around. It's not like it's kale. It's not like it's kale. It's still candy. (laughs) (laughs) It's still candy, guys. All right, everyone, that's our show for this week. Have a wonderful week. Have a happy Halloween. Stay safe out there. And of course, happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.